0: What is going on, everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video, and this one it's my transfer tips for game week 25. So I'm going to go through some of the popular players being moved in and out of people's squads and talk about whether they are good moves or not. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Let's get into it. All right, let's start with Carl Walker. Wasn't in the first 11 against Everton at the weekend, and I think if I just double check here, that is now two of the last three games that he hasn't started. So yeah, bernie at home in 22 was in the squad but didn't feature at all. Back in against Brentford, played 90 minutes in game week 23. Then against Everton, he came off the bench and got 33 minutes. So that is a little bit concerning, especially if you um, already own him. I would say, though, if you're thinking about selling him to a different Man City defender, everybody is fit at the moment, right? Some players have only really just come back from injury, but nobody for Man City in the whole squad, not just defenders, is currently flagged. Now, I am recording this before the Champions League, so something might happen. But ultimately, if they're all fit, There's more question marks over all of their minutes because Pep will be able to rotate. And we know that he's comfortable putting out a back four of all centre-backs as well. So there's no guarantee now going forward that Walker is nailed on or any of the Man City defenders. So I think if I owned Walker, I would probably keep hold of him, right? Best case scenario is he plays all three of the next three games in 25 and 26. But I think he should start at least two. And as long as one of those games is in 26, I think you're looking okay. It would be frustrating if he missed the Bournemouth game because most people aren't going to have a bench that week. But I think it's just worth taking the risk if you've already got him in your FPL squad. Like if we look at the fixtures, they've just played Everton on Saturday. They got um, Copenhagen away on Tuesday. So it is quite a quick turnaround. Presumably Walker will start that. Then it's Saturday against Chelsea. Then another Tuesday game against Brentford. So potentially, maybe he misses the Chelsea game, then plays Brentford. But then Bournemouth isn't again until the Saturday. So I would hope, as a Walker owner, if I owned him, that he would get at least two of these three matches. And therefore, I'd probably hold on to him. Different question for those people that are thinking about buying him. I'm potentially in this scenario because of Trent Alexander-Arnold, who I'm going to talk about in a minute. And I could just go straight to a Liverpool defender. But obviously, with City having that game in 26, it is quite tempting to go there. I'm just not sure... I want that headache of going for a Man City defender. And this applies for anyone that's thinking about going for Ake uh, or Vardia or Diaz, whoever it is. The fact that we have to keep talking about this tells us that none of them are truly nailed. Like even, even Nathan Ake, right? He's had a few transfers in this week and he's played 90 minutes every single game since game week 16. But look what Kyle Walker did earlier on this season. And as I keep saying, Man City players are only nailed up until the point that they're not. And Ake could miss one of the next three in the league, right? It definitely could happen. So I just don't know if I want to go there. And I think the only real advantage is that they play in 26. But again, if the player misses that game, you're kind of screwed. Then after that, it's Man United at home, Liverpool away, Brighton away in 29, which will probably be a blank because one of Brighton or Man City will almost certainly get to the next round of the FA Cup. Then in game week 30, it's Arsenal at home. So in terms of clean sheets, there's not much there after Bournemouth. And most of the Man City defenders don't provide a huge amount of attack and upside. So in summary, if I own Walker, I would definitely keep hold of him, unless he goes and gets injured in the Champions League. If I was thinking about buying him, I don't hate it, but I'm not sure personally I can just deal with the headache anymore. Uh, And any other Man City defender, I really think you're just in the same situation. Because you know what's going to happen, right? You're going to buy Ake because he's played 90 minutes all those times. He's going to miss one game. Then you're going to question whether or not he should be kept in the team. Because he's not nailed, and I just think outside of the double and the fact they play in 26, there are just much better defenders in FPL. All right, Trent Alexander-Arnold next. Then he won 100,000 transfers out already this week ahead of a double game week of Brentford away and Luton at home. But we know why those transfers are happening because he's currently flagged. And he only made it to half time in the game against Burnley in game week 24. Now Klopp spoke about this after the game. And he said it was nothing really bad, but he felt it again. So he was kept out recently with a knee injury. He's obviously uh, still struggling with it a little bit. We know that the week before the Burnley game, Klopp had said that he couldn't yet play 90 minutes. Because he came off around the 57th minute against Arsenal. Uh, he went on to say, we were made aware of it in the game. So thought, what can we do? Then Trent said, no, it's fine. And then Klopp said, but it's not as he feels it, so we have to be careful and take him off. So it did sound like it was kind of precautionary. But obviously, if he is feeling something in that knee area, that is a potential problem. Now, obviously, you wait to see what Klopp says later on this week. And if he and and by the way, I'm a Trent owner. If Klopp says that he's available for the Brentford game, I will probably keep hold of him. But I do think right now it's probably unlikely we're going to get two starts. Because if Joe Gomez recovers from the flu and Conor Bradley is available again, they have got other players that can play right back. And you just wonder whether it's worth risking Trent when they can put someone else there instead. And they've got the Carabao Cup final after that Luton game. So if Klopp says he's fine, I'll probably keep hold of him. But I wouldn't buy him now, right? There's no way I'd put him on a free hit. There is no way I'd bring him into my team. If you're going to go for a Liverpool defender, I think it has to be Van Dijk. I don't think there is anyone else that I would look at, right? Gomez can play in multiple positions, left-back, right-back, centre-back, but he's not completely nailed. Simicast is obviously back now, so, you know, Robertson was built up. He had 21 minutes off the bench against Chelsea, 32 against Arsenal, then played 90 against Burnley. But it's not a guarantee that he plays 90 minutes over both games in the double. Canati will be back, but he's not... He's quite injury-prone, so I don't know if Liverpool will play him against Brentford and Luton. My guess would be that he'll play against Brentford and then they'll play someone like Kwanzaa or maybe even Gomez at centre-back and then obviously save Canate for uh, the Carabao Cup final. So I think it's Van Dijk or no one. The one thing to consider if you're doing Trent to Van Dijk is one, it'll give you a bit of extra money. Does that give you a brilliant move that you couldn't do before? But also keep in mind that they blank in 26 anyway. Um, So if you do that move, you then got to deal with him in 26. If Trent's ruled out, I'll have to move him on, right? Even if that's to Van Dijk to then have to move him on again in 26, I'll definitely do it. Um, and I think Liverpool defender Van Dijk, or you take the risk on the Man City defender. I can't really see anyone else that's massively worth bringing in this week in particular. I mean, I guess it depends on your chip strategy, and this is where it gets a bit difficult to talk about players because someone that's free hitting in 29 might do something different to someone that's not. You could look... An Aston Villa defender, potentially, if you wanted a single game weaker. Um, so they've got Fulham away in 25. They definitely play in 26, Forest at home. They definitely play in 29, which is West Ham away. Uh, and they've also got Luton away in 27. The problem with Villa defenders is, Pau Torres was in the squad in the last game but didn't play. So will he definitely start the next game? Unknown. Maybe uh, Unai Emery will tell us ahead of the next match. has flagged. Luca Dean's back, so that that now makes Moreno an issue. Diego Carlos is fine for now, and probably the best option. But once Konza is back, Carlos might not be completely nailed. So I don't know if there's many single game weakers that I would buy this week. So if you're going to sell Trent, it's probably a Man City defender. So maybe Ake, I'd probably still go Walker. Um, or you go to Van Dijk. But I think if there's a chance of him making one game, he's probably just worth holding on to and not adding an extra four points, uh, which is what it would probably boiled down to for most people if they have to get rid of him this week and then deal with it again in 26. All right, let's stick to Liverpool and talk about Diogo Jota next. Over so 100,000 transfers in already this week. Another return at the weekend this time against Burnley. And he's actually returned since injury in every single game including off the bench apart from Arsenal away in game week 23. And to be fair, on paper that's a difficult game and Arsenal were very good that day, but outside of that, one goal against Burnley, another one against Chelsea, two against Bournemouth plus the assist two assists against newcastle and a goal against Burnley in the, in the 6 minutes uh, that he played. So he's been great. I think he's a decent option to bring in this week. The caveat as always will be they blank in 26. How much um how much is that going to affect your your transfers, your number of players available? But if it doesn't make it too difficult to manage when you bring another liverpool player in, then I think he's fantastic, right? When it comes to liverpool midfielders, you've obviously got diaz as well at the moment. Um, I think I've still got the same opinion as last week I still think Jota is the better option of the two I think he's more likely to go and get you a goal but there's really not much in it and if it's going to take you additional minus fours and minus eights to get Jota instead of Diaz I wouldn't do it I would just pick up Diaz instead so I like both of them obviously with pretty much most moves this week if you can or, or any week if you can wait until closer to the deadline to make the moves I would definitely do that because I would want to know what Klopp says about Salah I think best case scenario for Salah is bench against Brentford and a start against Luton but I still don't think that is very likely based on what Klopp said last week and for that reason all of Diaz Nunez and Jota should be good for the double but longer term definitely not the case if Klopp says Salah's potentially going to start against Brentford maybe that would make me think twice a little bit about Liverpool midfielders because obviously there will be one less space to put them so Diaz couldn't play on the right he might go back to the left. Then will it be Jota or Nunez through the middle? Then you've got a bit of uncertainty. But if if Salah is still out, then I think all three of those players look good. And because the double is so good, I would take an extra minus four later on to get them in for this week. So I love Jota. He's a really good option at the moment. Long term, probably not the case. You've got a blank, Forest, City, probable blank in 29. But for this week in particular, it looks decent. So after two goals at the weekend and a double game week this week it's not that surprising that Erling Haaland is the most transit in play in the whole of FPL and his price has now gone up to 14.4 million. Now you don't need me to sit here and tell you he's pretty good at football he's a pretty good FPL pick as well but I will say this I think he's essential for game week 25 and I don't use the essential word that often like earlier on in the season when Haaland and Salah were both fit you could make a case to just have one premium. Lots of people did well on that strategy, so therefore neither was essential. But this week, I think he is, because even if Klopp says the salary is available for Brentford, there would be too many doubts, at least in my mind, about captaining him. If he is going to be available for one of those two games, it means the minutes of the rest of the Liverpool attackers aren't quite so good. And even if Salah is completely ruled out for both of those matches, I'm still not sure I would trust Darwin Dotter or diaz ahead of harlem with the captaincy especially when he's got two home games against chelsea and brentford and i think in look every week you want to nail the captaincy but in a double game week it can be even more important and he is just clearly the best captain and probably worth using your triple captain chip if you're not using another chip like bench boost free hit wild card whatever it might be yes of course you can go for solanke in game week 28 if you want the fixtures on paper are much better But Haaland is just a better overall FPL pick generally. So I would take him with the slightly tougher fixtures on paper rather than going for Solanke. If you're thinking, will there be a better um, double game week later on down the line? Possibly not, right? And one thing I would consider with the triple captainship is what if Haaland and Salah get injured later on and you don't have them as an option? Yes, you might be able to go for a massive differential, but I think you just take Haaland while he's fit and yes, he's just come back from injury, but he's also played really good minutes in the two matches since then. And let's see what happens in the Champions League. In terms of double game weeks later down the line, if Man City blank in 29 against Brighton, that fixture will almost certainly go into 34. And if they get through to the semi final of the FA Cup, that Spurs game will be off in 34, and that will go into game week 37. So is Spurs away and Fulham away better than Chelsea at home and Brentford at home? I don't think it is necessarily. And also, what if the league is won at that point? Harlem might be getting rested, rotated, whatever, right? So I just think clearly essential. I think he's probably worth triple captaining if you're not using a different chip. Anyone feel different? Let me know in the comments below. So let's talk about some of the single game week players. Anthony Gordon has been transferred out by just over 75,000 FPL managers. And to be honest, I don't mind that at all because a lot of people will be buying double game week players. And although there's five spots in midfield compared to three in the forward line, there's a lot of competition, Okay, So if Gordon's the only one you can sell to get a Diaz or a Jota or a Foden, whoever it might be, I think that's fair enough. But for everyone else, if you own him, I'd be thinking about keeping hold of him because Bournemouth at home is a good fixture. So if you have to play him, no issue. And even if you don't, you've got a good first bench. And he plays in 26, unlike Chelsea and Spurs. Now, it is Arsenal away, and that is one of the hardest fixtures Newcastle are going to have all season. But in a week where most people won't have a bench you can't be too picky about some of the players and the fixtures that you're going to have to play then it's Wolves at home in 27 Chelsea away in 28 and then a probable blank in 29 so I'm not saying that Gordon is a long-term hold or anything like that but at his price of 6.1 he's good value good fixture this week definite fixture in 26 probably worth thinking about whether or not to keep him some people might be in a position where They've got to sell one of him or Palmer. I was in that I I wasn't quite in that position last week because I don't think I had the money to sell Palmer instead. And obviously, you know, Palmer on the bench for Palace away in 24, pretty decent. I will say I'm recording this before Palmer is played. So he might have a hat trick or maybe he's blank. It doesn't really matter for this conversation. But this week, I'd be tempted to hold Gordon before Palmer. Because because of that game in 26, if you're in a position where you can just bench Palmer in 26 and it doesn't affect your 11 then maybe keep hold of him especially if you got him quite cheap but if you're someone that bought him at like 5.7 5.8 5.9 whatever it is he's not quite as important and Chelsea will probably blank in 29 along with Newcastle as well so I think if you need someone for 26 and your choice is Gordon or Palmer I'd probably just keep hold of Gordon at this point But overall, I think he's one of those players that if you need to sell, fair enough, but don't go out of your way to do it. I think he's absolutely nailed in that Newcastle side. I mean, I think this week proved it right. I know that Barnes is only just back from injury, but Gordon is a doubt, and yet he still plays 90 minutes. And then when Barnes comes on, he comes on for Almiron instead. I think think Eddie Howe loves Gordon. He's played well this year. That's going to continue. So going to start Bournemouth unless he's injured. Same for Arsenal as well. So Son is back from the Asian Cup now and got 28 minutes against Brighton off the bench in game week 24, which was also enough to pick up an assist as well. So a few people have been asking, when do we bring him back into our squads? And I think the answer is game week 27. For most people, if you're someone that is free hitting in game week 26 and therefore the blank for Spurs doesn't matter, or you've got, you know, a squad with a low amount of Liverpool players and Chelsea and Spurs and you can afford to get Son in this week and then bench him in 26, then fair enough, right? Maybe you can look at going for him in 25. But outside of that, I don't really see the point in buying a player for a single game week this week who then doesn't play in 26. For most people, it's going to make sense to get him in 27. As a longer-term option, he does look good, because in 27 you've got Palace at home, Villa away in 28, Fulham away in 29, so that will be a blank game week, but we know Fulham and Spurs will be on. And then you've got in a home in 30. So that, that little period between 27 and 30 looks really good. It just doesn't make much sense to get him this week. Like he's not so good that it's worth bringing him in just to take him back out again. If I was going to do that, I would do it with a double game week player instead. So my rough plan in 27 will probably be to sell Phil Foden because although Man City are obviously a great team, the fixtures aren't fantastic at that point. Plus they won't play in 29. If it's a, if it's a choice between Son and Foden or Son, and De Bruyne, I'd probably prefer Son anyway, he's on penalties, absolutely nailed, minutes are good, Spurs aren't in Europe, all that kind of good stuff, so Son is great, but most people, just wait until 27. So I'm going to finish by talking about Rasmus Hoyland, who's been super consistent for Man United recently, I think it's now four games in a row where he's returned, so it was a goal against Villa in 24, and a goal against West Ham in 23, he got a goal and assist against Wolves in 22, same against Spurs in 21, Uh, actually didn't play against Forest in game week 20 at all, And in 19, which was the reverse fixture against uh, Aston Villa at home, he scored in that one too. So it's actually five matches in a row that he's returned, and it's five goals, two assists. So seven attacking returns in five games for a player that only costs $7 and has Luton away, Fulham at home next two games. It is Man City away in 27, but then it's Everton at home in 28. Sheffield United at home in 29 will probably be a blank, but if Forrest beat Man United in the FA Cup, who knows? That could be on as well. Um, The problem is, right, I feel like a broken record talking about this. We only have three forward spots. So do I think for 7 million, Hoyland is potentially a good FPL pick in isolation? Yeah, I think he's doing all right. The underlying numbers are not out of this world. Like 0.31 expected goals per 90, 0.04 expected assists. It's not that great, I would say, for a forward. But he can improve on that, and he's got the fixtures to do that. But is he better than Watkins or Solanke or Tony or Darwin or Haaland? Probably not, right? For Haaland, like I've said, I think he's essential. Tony, double this week, game in 26, definite game in 29. Watkins, definite game in 29, good fixtures before that. Solanke uh, doesn't have a definite game in 29, but he definitely has a double in 28. And that week, he will be the best captain unless he's injured. I just don't think there's anyone else from Luton or Bournemouth that is better than that there's just too many good forwards right now to for for Hoyland to warrant a place in our side so I don't think people are wrong to bring him in right and if you're you know using a free hit at some point or a wild card maybe for looting away in Fulham at home it makes a bit more sense but even then surely you would just go with a double game weaker so I like Hoyland I'm glad Man United got him you can see why they bought him is there a lot of improvement there for him of course right we need that to come and he's done well in FPL I just wouldn't go for him. Let me know if you think different in the comments below. If you've enjoyed that video, give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And I'll catch you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.